Hello, and welcome to the New Digital Age PMU podcast. My name's Maura Cutterford-Jones. I'm a business journalist and editor. These podcasts are a series of short interviews with the amazing people who take part in the Practice Makes Unperfect course in association with Amy Keane, a course that helps people find and finesse their public voices. Hello, Andra, and welcome to the NDA PMU podcast. First of all, before we launch into today's topic, how about you tell me a little bit about yourself, where you work, what you do there, a bit about how you got where you are today. Hi, Morag. Lovely to meet you. And thank you for having me on the podcast today. Um, I'm Andra. I work as a sales director at a company called Permitive, and we care about data privacy and how to do business while respecting consumer trust in the space of um, advertising technology. Um, But a bit about myself, I've been in the industry for about 10, 11 years now. Um, I started working media agency side, planning and buying. Then I got more interested in data and technology and how that can make us better at what we do in the digital marketing space. Outside of work, I love yoga, meditation and traveling. Fantastic. I love I love the, the the yoga and the meditation makes me think that you're a very, a very zen, calm person. So that's that's what we need, I think, in today's frenetic world is zen and calm people, um, which probably leads to why you've chosen the topic for today's podcast. The title of today's podcast is Whatever Happened to Doing Business with Heart? And I find it particularly interesting when you come from a, a data and tech background and we're talking about business with heart. So So first of all, what I'd love to know is what for you is business with heart? Mm. Yeah, I think it's important to start by clarifying that. I think it could mean different things to different people. To me, it means realizing that we've got more than one brain, more than our cerebral brain. We've got also a brain in our heart and a brain in our gut where our power center sits and also where our all of our emotion lie, emotions lie. I think traditionally in the business world, we focus so much on doing business with our heads, with our brains, using uh, the cerebral mind uh, and brain. However, there's immense power that lies in our hearts and in our guts. And I believe that we can be most successful and the happiest in our careers when we integrate these two other brains with our mind, our cerebral brains. And I think that's what business with heart is. Fantastic. So so I'm intrigued. So we've we've got these three brains and clearly it's, you know, going going beyond logic and ration and, and tapping into emotion, et cetera. Um, and as, as humans, we, we, we deploy all of these, these three things in our everyday world outside work, I imagine. You know, we make rational decisions, we make emotional decisions, we make a mixture of all of these. Why have we stopped? Why do we stop doing it in business? So whatever has happened, you know, it would seem to make sense to do business with heart, you know, to add emotion to things. Um, but it suggests that maybe it's not so easy to do. Your title, whatever happened to doing it, suggests it's gone. So what's stopping us today from doing business with heart? Mm. Well, I don't think there's something stopping us as such. However, I think that the context that we build for ourselves in business has led us here. 
I work in the technology industry. And uh, if you look at leadership in the technology industry, it's 95% dominated by men. This is not me saying it. I recently read some research from PwC that shows that. And I don't know what it is. Maybe men have been discouraged from expressing their feelings, acknowledging, expressing their feelings and integrating their feelings into work. Um, but somehow we are in, now in a world in tech, for example, in my industry that's dominated by male leadership where at times women can feel a lot of anxiety and also a lot of self-doubt when they instinctively try to integrate their emotions and bring more of their heart into business. And I think this is um, a challenge that we have to be aware of and something that I particularly struggle with in my career previously. I think it's very interesting that it is a gender split and there's a worry that, do you think it's fallibility? Do you think for a start, being emotional is linked to being um, being weaker or, or, or having faults? And, and do you think there is a concern that by showing that we have faults, that we're fallible, that people could see us as somehow less? I think that's definitely the case. Maybe it's got something to do with um, the ego side of ourselves, where we want to uh, put up a set, put out or project a certain image. And we are afraid that if people um, or colleagues or leadership learn more about our fears or our the areas that we're still working on improving, that uh, we wouldn't be appreciated um, or rewarded maybe um, as much in our careers. In my experience, I have been the happiest and the most successful when I've integrated the emotional and the mind side into business and um, when I focused on doing business with heart. <laughs> Do you think that there's a cultural um, we've we've mentioned the gender difference. Do you think there's a cultural difference in doing business with heart? So, for example, um, I would say that th there are various stereotypes, aren't there, around cultures? So, for example, from my perspective, Brits are supposed to be um, both stiff upper lip and also um, very understated. If we say um, mm, yes, that that's an interesting thought. Essentially, what a British person means is that's the most stupid thing I've heard. Never raise that ever again. Um, so we're quite good at, at obfuscating, at hiding how displeased or indeed how pleased we are about something. Conversely, um, the, again, it's a stereotype, but the, there's the sense that Americans doing business are very straightforward. For, for something that has also been at the heart of emotional intelligence, a country that's been at the heart of emotional intelligence, it's interesting to find how straightforward and how direct and brusque doing business with Americans can be. And I mean, I don't know, from your perspective, is, is there more scope for emotion for you? And do you find it changes when you deal with people from different cultures as well? Or are we able to, to begin to accept that there's a level of emotion and heart that we all need to bring into business? 
Hmm. I think that's a really good question. I'm originally from Romania. I've lived in London over the past 12 years. I went to university in Germany, but London and the UK is now my home. And I've spent all of my professional career in London, which is a very multicultural place. Um, we, I feel that we're integrated in different cultures, different communication styles um, into a hotpot that integrates then these tendencies within the broader context of doing business in the UK. And like you said, um, that way, that Britishness. I feel that works really well because it's making us more aware of different tendencies of what works better for us. And that that gives us an opportunity to find the way that works best for us as individuals. Personally, I love working in London because I feel that it gives me an opportunity to interact with people that have different styles and uh, together we can form a style that works for us, uh, which is why I haven't stopped in my career and I continued to seek those contexts and those environments working for those employers and having those colleagues that were my values and the way that I see fit being how how I see fit being and behaving in business aligns with the company values and my colleagues' values as well. And that has had a really positive impact on my ability to be happy and successful in my role uh, in a way that I can integrate um, my emotions and my feminine side with my rational self and my masculine side. Mm -hmm. And when I integrate those parts of myself, that's when I'm at my best. Fantastic. I mean, that raises so many interesting angles. You talk about, you know, this is how you align how you feel with the companies that you want to work with. Um, there's a certain degree when we're looking for a new position or exploring where our career will go next. Certainly we can we can research the company we want to go to. There's now sites like Glassdoor where we can get people's opinions. But do you think something like the interview process, when you've gone for jobs, have you been able to to get that gut feel, that emotion. Yes. <laughs> yes. You hit the nail on the head. It was the gut feel. I uh, 10 years ago, I went against my gut feel. I focused on my rational mind, on making rational decisions. I had the tendency to overthink, to overanalyze. And I couldn't get it right. And I couldn't, I felt that I couldn't really trust myself. Then I started to listen more to my gut feeling. And I noticed that when I do that, instinctively. I make the right decisions. So now, actually, I've started a new job at Permitive in the beginning, at the beginning of the year in January. Throughout my interview process, when I had four or five interviews with different people across the company at different levels of seniority, men, women, um, different nationalities, different cultural backgrounds, uh, as I said, different levels of seniority, I focused on the conversation very much and the experience and whether it was a good fit from a rational perspective, but also very much on the emotional fit on the, and also on the gut feeling that I got when I was speaking uh, to these uh, prospective colleagues. And guess what? My gut feeling was right. I'm very happy where I am. And, and the main reason for that, I believe, is because my personal values are aligned 
with my colleagues' values and the company's values. Therefore, I feel that I can be my true self. Fantastic. And and that brings an, an interesting thought to my mind is, is a gut feel binary? Is it yes or no? You know, when you suddenly get that gut feel, or does a gut feel that says, hmm, I'm not sure this is a great fit. Does that empower you then to, to be very direct about it and go, I'm not sure this is, is there scope for change here? Is there scope? Does does that make you feel like you you um, have the strength to ask deeper questions of, of the organization just to make sure that actually the gut feel isn't isn't quite correct or or it can be fixed, if you see what I mean. Because I just I worry that if we go on gut feel for everything, we might be closing off a lot of avenues where there's room for, for a compromise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not advocating for going totally down this route of listening to your gut feel and uh, approaching it in a binary way. Yes, no. Um, I think going too much one way or the other is always dangerous. My mom's got a saying, the truth is always in the middle, she says, that's translated (laughs) from Romanian. So I always try and incorporate um, all the different aspects uh, of myself and my experience, what my brain is telling me, what my gut is telling me, what my heart is telling me. And to answer your question, is it binary or not? I think it's definitely not binary. I think that the best way to approach your emotional intelligence and what we call the gut feel is to listen, to listen to it, to to look at it as as to interpret it or to look at it as a signal and think, hmm, what am I feeling right now? What what is this telling me? Why, why would I be feeling like that? Am I, is it something that I'm reacting to now or am I reacting to something in the past that this situation is re- reminding me of? I, I feel, I think that there's a lot of nuances around uh, our emotional responses and we do need to dig a bit deeper than a simple yes or no. Fantastic. I think there's so much great advice there. I think not just for people who are looking to change positions, but people who are wondering how they're reacting in their everyday working life, whether they're having to, to interact with new partners um, or suppliers or new clients, something that might give them a knee-jerk reaction. And, and you're right, asking that question of your not, not necessarily asking of yourself why they are acting that way, but why are you reacting to them that way? It's, mm-hmm. it's the sort of thing that I always talk to uh, my kids, my horrible, grumpy teenage boys when they play sports and they come thumping off the field going, well, the referee was wrong and the horrible kids on the other team. And the one thing that I say to them is, which bit of that could you control? Mm -hmm. You can really control yourself. You can control yourself and you can control your own emotion and your own reaction to it. Um, So then dealing with it that way, rather than trying to change everyone else. And so if you're feeling frustrated, I guess, the, the flip side is if you're feeling frustrated where you are, you can't go and, and sort of go around everyone and go, you must react to me in a different way. You can either find a different piece within yourself, I guess, or if it is a non-negotiable and you you can't find a way of making the meet, then then I guess that's the time to start looking somewhere else. That um, makes total sense, yes. Andra, just, just to wrap up, um, would you have some advice for business, for business leaders, for people within business as to how to bring more of those three brains together at mm-hmm. work? Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's uh, things that 
businesses can do at an organizational level. There's also things that we can do personally. As a business, for example, in a male-dominated, in male-dominated leadership, particularly in tech, businesses can in, empower women, um, mainly through mentorship. Um, I personally worked with a, a woman coach recently, and I found that really inspiring. And I use that to counterbalance the male-dominated environment that I was in. I felt that I needed uh, its influence from a senior um, woman in, in leadership, and that really helped me. But also on a personal level, I think that there's things we can do. Personally, when I think about doing business with heart and integrating these three brains, I focus on three things. I focus on being kind and curious and always open with my customers, looking to serve them as much as I can. I focus on listening to understand and not to reply or to respond, which to me means listening from the heart, heart open communication. And then I only focus or choose to work on those partnerships that are win, win, win. I believe that that's the only win. If I win and the other person or partner loses, then everyone loses. So I think those are three things that we can all do to do business with heart and integrate our rational minds with our heart, with our guts. Fantastic. Andrew, I think there is so much that is useful there for, for our working lives, for our personal lives. I know I'm going to take away so much from it and that listening to learn and listening to understand rather than listening to reply, I think is so vital. So many of us listen the wrong way around, I think. Andra, it has been a joy. I hope I've listened well to you. I hope our listeners are listening well to you too. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Thank you, Mara. I really appreciate it. Thank you.